Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, where we endeavor to bring to you in this Daily Journal the news that you ought to see that you don't. The news that you do see from a constitutional and principled perspective. And JC, can I just can I just say to you that I wish that I could fall asleep and wake up and it would be November 3rd, 2020. Hmm. I ready for the election? I, no, no, no. I'm ready for the in-between process to be over. Gotcha. This is my least favorite time of the year. I, I hate this time of the year because now everybody is is completely focused on this this errant ideology that the president of the United States is the most important constitutional office on the planet. I mean, I actually had this this uh, this well discussion with this guy on Twitter. Because he's always poking at me. Uh, he's, he's what did you call him? He's not a Trump Jesus guy. He's actually a never Trumper, mm. right? So he's always like, Chris Ann, you never talk about Trump. You never discuss what Trump is doing unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm always saying to him, look, go to chrisannhall.com, listen to the radio show, read the articles. We, I, I, I have talked about him as much as I can, but I'm, I'm always telling him, look, there are other things going on in America than Donald Trump. You almost, need, you need to, on the website, I think, uh, you know, two pages, like build two pages, have mm-hmm. a Trump Jesus page <laughs> and have a never Trump page, right? Because right. since we operate the show on principle, right, you have several shows mm-hmm. that, you know, quote, brag on Donald Trump, you know, right? Because right. we talk about those things that... From, from the Trump Jesus perspective. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, so we right, talk right. about those things <laughs> where where he has, you know, done well and, you know, we think this is a good job, this is a good decision and blah, blah, blah. Then we have the handful of shows where, um, okay, he's, he's kind of skirting the edge here. This may be, uh, th- this may be blatantly right. counter to liberty. You know, we have those shows where we're critical of Donald Trump. So it seems like you need two pages for these because what happens, I don't know, I don't get it because we get this all the time. We get a new email of somebody that uh, apparently just landed on the planet uh, from Pluto. And the first thing they discovered w- was your show that day. <laughs> that day. <laughs> and and they're also, and, and whatever, people on 
I don't know how they do it, but people on Pluto apparently they don't have any fingers. <laughs> so they can't They can't operate. Google. Yeah, they can't operate <laughs> the computer. So somebody somebody puts them on your you know, listening to your show and then walks One episode. Yeah, and then walks out of the room mm-hmm. because they can't go back. They can't go anywhere to see what you've talked about before. So everything is based on the clip that they listen to mm-hmm. 30 seconds before they before their assistant put them on their social media and they began to dictate their post based on the previous 30 seconds that they heard. Well, and a lot of times, in fact, they don't listen any further well, either. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. I tell him. <laughs> so I think like, you need those two pages. He says, where's your list of Donald Trump's unconstitutional acts? <laughs> like, my list? Are you kidding me? I said, look, there are many, many other people. She actually wrote it down on the toilet paper at home, and yeah. then I wiped my butt with it. So we don't have it anymore. Shh, it's children's show. So we, but so a, I told what's him, a conjunction? I said, there are many, many, many other people in America that are violently violating the Constitution. I cover everybody as much as I am humanly, physically able. And he says, I said to him, I said, Donald Trump is not the most important constitutional officer in America. And he, he tweets back, but Chrisanne, he's the president, right? And I said, look, exactly. don't, don't even don't even try to assert to me that because he's the and he's like, he's the president of the United States. You're showing your ignorance about the Constitution. This is the part where you roll your eyes, JC. And I said, look, don't even assert to me, right, and show your ignorance. But look. This is what I told him, JC. You'll love this because you 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 get you think I have too much patience with these people. I said, look, ChrisAnnHall.com. I said, you're you seem to be a much too intelligent person for me to have to spoon feed you this stuff. So go to ChrisAnnHall.com. No, go to and 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 look through this. No, stuff. sir. Go to GoDaddy.com, and there's a place called Domain Search. Oh. There okay. You go. And then when you find one with a name you like, you can buy it, make, build your website, and do your freaking show and talk about whatever you want to. It can <laughs> it can be called Trump 24/7. It's really easy, bro. I mean, SoundCloud, I think you can there's there's a basic that you can do for free. <laughs> and since all you want to talk about is Trump, you wouldn't need much time. Well, they have Blog Talk Radio too. There's plenty blog of free talk. places. Lots of places you, you know. I can think you got to pay for Blog Talk now, but you can make up the script for your own show. Call it Troll 24/7, and you can get your troll buddies and talk all day long about it. So I I published a public a PSA on Twitter the other day. I said, look, this I I am a I am not a Trump teacher. I am a constitutional teacher. So when you come to the Chris Ann Hall show, when you go to chrisannhall.com, when you go to libertyfirstuniversity.com, everything you're going might not be about Trump. <laughs> you're going to learn about the Constitution, not about Donald Trump. Um, you know, I mean, no, you, you might may, learn about you Donald may Trump, learn about Donald Trump, but not everything but not will be about Donald Trump. Everything about about Donald Trump. So just tell you, I, I say this to you, I'm the sure long-time make, listeners. I'm sure there's a Make America Great Again website or store. Yes. I'm and you sure. could just go and sit I'm there sure. all day and drink coffee. And... Well, but he's a never Trumper, so he would oh, want to. He bad. would go there and, and throw, so throw maybe, paper wads or spitballs. So maybe or Ted Cruz has some coffee shop. You'd go <laughs> hang out with him and, you know, him and uh, who's who's the guy, the National Review guy, whatever. Yeah, right, right. Listen to him all day. So speaking of the National Review, I thought we'd spend a second on Trump. 
there's this really interesting article. Oh, no, not National Review, National Post. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, whatever. We came across this, what were we watching? Oh, we were watching this television series called... Uh, Timeless. Timeless. Timeless, which is... Cheesy. Cheesy. These guys go back in time to prevent some nefarious people or maybe not so nefarious yeah, people whatever. from correcting time. And by the way, let me give you a disclaimer, not historically accurate. So anyway, the, the lady in the show alludes to the fact references that references Johnson. Johnson about being really vulgar. Yeah. And you you did a Google search. You were yeah, like, I, never I was like, this, what? So. He did what? He did what? He exposed himself. Like, yeah. Right. You know, he lived up to his name. In Air Force One during a press conference. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, he exposed himself. He gets naked doing a interview with journalists and and in Air Force One. <laughs> but the article, so there's been several books, you know, in like '87 and then the '90s, other stuff came out, and I mean, the the guy was unbelievably vulgar and. Rate, I mean, just straight up racist. Not right, the, not racist. not the propaganda that they make up about Trump, but like there's no doubt, yeah, no yeah. denying. He's uh, throwing slurs everywhere I mean, publicly. In bombs every yeah every yeah. other. Sentence. So this National Post article says if you're remember if you're watching us on YouTube, you get to see all of this. So the National Post article headline is the most vulgar vulgar American president ever. It sure as blank isn't Donald Trump. Yeah, so the interesting part about it, as as everybody listening knows already, I'm sure, mm -hmm. uh, Johnson replaced JFK when JFK was assassinated by right. CIA slash mob. So Johnson is a Democrat. Right. LBJ is a Democrat. So it turns out that the Democrat media covered for his outrageous behavior for because almost he was a Democrat. because he was a Democrat for almost two decades. So it's completely the opposite. It's like night and day from our Donald Trump experience. So Donald the Trump, they invent situations and and create context of racism and vulgarity because Donald Trump, this is one of JC's favorite points to bring up. Donald Trump never said Mexicans were rapists and robbers or whatever. Yeah, so I we were having a discussion about libel in the car. I'm See, I wish we could pull Liberty <laughs> First people into the car with us. I don't think people actually realize. I mean, I, I, sometimes I want to hit record, but the sound would be so terrible because we have really, really good discussions in yeah. the car. So in my mind, I'm driving down like the road studio. contemplating <laughs> car studio. libel laws and that sort of concept as relates to the First Amendment and the mm -hmm. media and whatever. Cause I, and I said to you, it seems, it seems inequitable to me. The uh, Supreme Court has this doctrine of, of if you're a public figure, you have a higher bar you know, to whatever, to climb if, right. if you want to say somebody slandered, libeled you, whatever. Uh, and, and I'm thinking of Trump and the example that you're referring to, the media uh, made up this narrative, Trump, and they would they said, I mean, you could go listen to Cuomo and a lot of these guys, Saliza or whatever his name right. is, Sleazy, and where they said Donald Trump called Mexi all Mexicans racist and, and drug dealers, which he did not say that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, I was thinking, 
if you're a regular person and you did that and a person got fired from their job because, you know, let's say somebody told my boss. Right. So say I said, uh, hey, there I saw I, I, I think there are uh, bad people crossing the Mexican border. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is a demonstrably true fact. Okay, yes. same thing Donald Trump said. There's bad people that live in America. Yeah. I and mean, you could say that well, anyway. And then all but... of a sudden, if, if a guy I'm talking to tells my boss, this guy's a racist, and he's made a racist statement, and then I get fired, right? He starts spreading this, this lie, and I get fired because of it, losing my job. Then I could sue that guy for libel. Well, same thing with Donald Trump. I mean, he could, he could ostensibly lose the election because of the lies, because everybody believes he's racist. Well, let's talk about that when we get back. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Remember, in defense of liberty is not just simply sitting behind your keyboard and being a keyboard warrior. Defending liberty. You remember Samuel Adams said, among the natural rights of the colonists are these, first life, secondly liberty, third property, together with the right to protect and defend them in the best means possible. Well, sometimes the best means possible is understanding the Constitution and being able to articulate, oops, I was just racist, being able to articulate your rights and defend them with your voice and your mind. But other times, being able to defend your life, your liberty, and your property means being able to do that physically. We have In Defense of Liberty training August 30th through September 1st. Go to chrisannhall.com, click on the In Defense of Liberty uh, banner, and learn how to defend your liberty in every situation. That is funny. Both of the people on that graphic are articulate. Yes, but we if are I, both articulate. But if I call Chris Ann articulate, that's fine. If oh, no, I it's call, probably misogynist now. Maybe. If yeah. I call Larry articulate, then I'm a racist. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway. Even though both are facts. But the, so the thing about LBJ, the, right. the, the interesting article, so they cover for LBJ's behavior up to including this the is the press, amazing thing. The press, the Washington, he's a Democrat. the Washington Post would literally edit his statements. Right, they would change words to cover for what he said, so that people didn't know what he actually said. Like he dropped the N bomb, I think, in the middle of a of a convention or one of the Democrat uh, presidential speeches or whatever, mm -hmm. and they changed the word. He said he said some profanity. He uttered some profanity, and they literally wrote a different <laughs> word in the paper. So and you know didn't report on it. So completely opposite of today, Trump says something that's crass, which which he has done. Trump used profanity, which he has done. Mm -hmm. There's no cover. There's no editing, right? But and, in the but, opposite. And then not only that, not only that, like what we were talking about. So you think back of the statement Trump made. Uh, you can go back and find it and listen to it, which I did at that time where he said, you know, most people, most uh, most of the people coming across our southern border are probably great people. You right. know, he speaks in hyperbole. He actually great, said that. He said they're great people. Mm -hmm. He said, but 
you know, they're sending us some bad people too, mm-hmm. rapists and drug dealers. So every element of that statement is a fact. I believe right. it's a fact. We, mm-hmm. I don't think we have any contrary evidence to, to uh, deny, to say the president is wrong when he says most of them are probably good people. They, mm-hmm. most, they probably mostly are. I, I accept that as truth, what he mm-hmm. said. And, but, and we also have evidence mm-hmm. to support the other part that he said. We have a rapist, came across right. the southern border. The story about there, there was actually more than one that raped a 13-year-old girl. Drug dealers. That goes without saying. Mm-hmm. So everything he said was factual. And now, never in that statement did he say all Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers, though that's what the media reported. So that's demon- a demonstrably false statement that they knowingly uttered. Mm-hmm. Ha- it being false. I believe, so, obviously, all, also demonstrably, I think, because all these elements yeah. you have to prove, right, demonstrably to uh, harm uh-huh. the, the reputation of the president. That, to me, is textbook libel. Well, you know, the argument is you can't bring litigation, civil litigation against a sitting president. And I think that the argument would also be the president can't bring civil litigation while he's president. Yeah. So you I said, think that's actually more accurate than the president. Uh, you can't bring civil litigation against the president. I think it would be more accurate to say he can't bring civil litigation. But yeah. here's the thing. You had mentioned while we were discussing that these statements have already impacted Donald Trump, the private businessman. Correct. Right? Maybe not. Well, and we also have Donald Trump, the president. Right? Yeah. yeah. So my thought was, okay, so as a public figure, the standard is higher. I don't really think that that equitably so, right? It doesn't make much sense because libel is a very difficult thing to prove. Libel for the standard is you have to have, you have to have standing, you have to have uh, demonstrative damages, and you also have to have a way for um, recourse, right? You have to have a remedy is what Mm -hmm. they call that. And that's very, very difficult to prove for a private citizen. It's easy to prove for a public figure, but then they raise the bar so the public figure can't even, you know, but call with, for but libel. But with Donald Trump, we have contracts and, and people right. in business that have so my advice stopped to contracts do, right, with him. My advice to Donald Trump is the minute you stop being president, sue the media as Donald Trump, the private citizen. As arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry around You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Um, Speaking of of media spin, right? So we have, we we all know that happens, right? And so last week. I've heard of it. Yeah, right. Last, it doesn't happen here. But last week on the Daily Journal, we covered a very, very important Supreme Court case, Gamble v. U.S. And it had to do with the, the Supreme Court uh, dealing with double jeopardy, meaning that the the can the state file a charge and then the federal government prosecute the same person for the same offense. This is basically where they said, 
if two people yeah. look at one tree, it's actually two, two trees. Two trees, cause, right? Because there are two people. Yeah. So this, right. <laughs> so, so two prosecutors equal yeah. two crimes. Yeah. So what we have here is Gamble v. U.S. And what we covered was the fact that Alito wrote the opinion, and it was a seven-two opinion in favor of federal supremacy, in favor of this insane interpretation that. Uh, if two people look at the same yeah. tree, we now have two trees. Yeah, and I, I think I posted on the Instagram, you know, you basically end up in a padded room, you know, if you said that. Right, and, right. Uh, you, one, of, one of our friends said, you know, if you if you were drunk or had a concussion, right, it would make sense. You're seeing double or right. whatever. But <laughs> otherwise, awesome. you're crazy. Right. So it, what's what's there's a very, very interesting opinion, separate opinion filed by uh, Clarence Thomas. Now, Clarence Thomas actually concurs with this insanity. In part. No, 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 completely. He concurs completely with this insanity. Yeah. But, but then but he addresses while, the issue of maintaining right. precedent. But while he's doing that, he, he talks about maintaining precedent. Now, here's what he says. We consider in this case, this is Justice Thomas, whether to overrule a long-standing... Oh, no, this is the main court, sorry. we This is the, the majority opinion that Thomas agrees with. We consider in this case whether to overrule a long-standing long interpretation of the Double Jeopardy Clause of the Fifth Amendment, right? And the Supreme Court's main opinion says, yes, we're going to stick with precedent. And Thomas says, I write separately to address the proper role of the doctrine of stare decisis. In my view, the court's typical formulation of stare decisis standard does not comport with our judicial duty under Article 3 because it elevates demonstrably erroneous decisions, meaning decisions outside the realm of permissible interpretation over the text of the Constitution and other duly enacted federal laws, it is always tempting for judges to confuse our own pre our own preferences with the requirements of law. Now, what's interesting in this case is we have with Gamble a completely erroneous uh, precedent that's been established that that Thomas says is correct. Okay. And if you want to know how completely erroneous it is, go listen to last week's show because we talk about Gorsuch's dissent. Because Gorsuch says, no, you guys are totally insane. And he gives the proper direction. Now, Thomas says, a proper understanding of stare decisis in our constitutional structure requires a proper understanding of the nature of judicial power vested in the federal courts. That power is, as Chief Justice Marshall put it, the power to say what the law is in the context of a particular case or controversy before the court. That's Marbury versus Madison. Now, JC, from a legal perspective, I just want to point out where every precedent gets Marbury versus Madison wrong. I want you to notice that Marshall says it is the court's authority to say what the law is but he doesn't stop there but here's the thing no 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 we can stop there because what every justice does after that is says okay what what marshall marshall says 
that it's the power of the courts to say what the Constitution is. Yeah, but he so says... So Marbury versus Madison never in that says case, that. In the context of that case, yeah, in the, that controversy, like right. you said, those parties. Right, right, exactly. So Ma Marbury versus Madison does, and I have said this over and over and over again, Marbury versus Madison does not set the courts up to be justice. Marshall never asserted that the Supreme Court was the ultimate arbiters of the Constitution. Right. He said we are to say what the law is, not what the Constitution is, and it is, it is limited on a case-to-case -case basis. Now, Thomas says... When faced with a demonstratively erroneous precedent, my rule is simple. We should not follow it. This view of stare decisis follows directly from the Constitution's supremacy over other sources of the law, including our own precedents. <laughs> JC, how many years have you heard me teach this about the supremacy clause? Yeah. How many years? How many times over the last 10 years have you seen me publicly beat up by, by professors and pundits and politicians for saying the exact same thing that Justice Thomas is saying right there? Which is the same reason he gets beat up. Right, exactly. Including our own precedents. He says that the Constitution outranks other sources of law is inherent in its nature. Now, this is exactly what Alexander Hamilton says. There is no position which depends on clearer principles than that every act of a delegated authority, contrary to the tenor of the commission under which it's exercised, is void. He says no legislative act, therefore, contrary to the Constitution, can be valid. And this is how the Supremacy Clause works. This is how it's supposed to work. Now, I've put up here on YouTube the text of where Thomas goes crazy, right? Because Thomas says uh, he agrees with, with the application because he believes our founders never foresaw the opportunity for the federal government to create laws they didn't have the authority to create. Now, you both, you and I both know that is completely ridiculous, okay? So Thomas says, well, the founders never anticipated the federal government out overstepping its authority, so they would have never anticipated the remedy of, you know, the, the, that the federal courts don't, or the federal law doesn't apply. Now, you and I both know that's totally wrong. The entire book of Sovereign Duty talks about that. My class, my class on state sovereignty talks about that. And that's where I think uh, Thomas jumps the rail. He believes, as I said, I, I believe he truly believes this, that stare decisis well, is not supreme. But it's interesting, he said, where he says, given their understanding of Congress's limited criminal jurisdiction, mm -hmm. which of course is the root of the problem. Right. We're not. We're now not dealing with a Congress with limited jurisdiction. Right. Because of their abuse of precedent, Congress now expands this thing. So that's what I said from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So if there was no law in the first place on the federal level right. about this thing, which right. there shouldn't be because right. they have no authority over it in the first place, then we wouldn't even have this question. So. Thomas includes that observation right. and gives a very bizarre 
conclusion, right, right based on that right. premise. Right, this which is exactly where I think he misses it, right? Because here's the thing. He, he agrees that stare decisis does not override the Constitution, but he misses where the authority of the Constitution comes from. The, and as, as Hamilton said, the authority of the Constitution comes through, to the, from the tenor of the commission under which it's exercised, which is the original intent of the founders. So which, everybody calls Thomas the original intent guy, but he's telling us right here, he does not agree that original intent is actually the authority because here's the thing. JC, he read Gorsuch's dissent, and Gorsuch's dissent lays lays the intent out there most clearly. But this is the this is a quintessential federal supremacist opinion yes. that we hear all the time. Because yes. in very simple terms, what he's saying is uh, this kind of situation didn't exist right. when the founders wrote the draft of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. They were silent on you know this particular kind of situation since it didn't exist so since they were silent we can do it right they exactly. didn't say we can't so we can do it but the crazy the thing is jc they absolutely were not silent right which the 10th amendment covers silent. that argument right and and there i put up i put up hamilton's quote here on uh youtube but to be honest with you there are hundreds of other quotes out there that say the same thing so to say that they were silent is is absolutely crazy. What's interesting is, JC, there's actually an article out there. Uh, the title is Biden stumbles over abortion rights while Warren receives cheers. Elizabeth Warren actually admits, and they know this. See, this is this proves that they're not ignorant. This proves that they are willfully deceptive to the people. Right. Right. Elizabeth Warren says, this is democracy. I know, guys, I know it's not a democracy. She says, in a democracy, the law should reflect the values of the people. So I say, it is time to go on offense with Roe v. Wade. It's not enough to say we're going to rely on the courts, she says. We need to pass a federal law to make Roe v. Wade the rule of the land. Which the converse of that would mean... Roe v. Wade, she admits to what? The Roe v. Wade is not the law of the land. Exactly. If, and, and they're relying on the courts. Right, right. So, so to say we have to make it the law of the land means it's not law. It's, it's right. never been law. Right. You've said that a thousand times. You get attacked for that. A thousand times. And here they're, one of their progressive heroes is saying the same thing. Right. It's not the law. And so she just admitted what they, what they try to lie to people about and what the lemmings repeat. Right. All the time. Right. Yeah. So it's not the law. I, I feel there is no such law. I, I feel vindicated. I really do. What's interesting is because of what Thomas said, he's being attacked. Right. So, about abortion. That's the funny thing. The, right. The, he, the he's not even jeopardy. talking about abortion. Right. He said absolutely nothing about abortion. But he basically says, look, if if there's an erroneous precedent, you can demonstrate this is erroneous. Then, you sh then obviously you shouldn't follow it. And well, they freak out. Thomas said that we should overturn Roe v. Wade. He's setting up uh, he's setting up a, a move to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, when we come back from the break, JC, I'm going to show you why Thomas's statements in Gamble, uh, I believe, will not lead Thomas to overturn Roe v. Wade in spite of the hysteria.
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our final segment. Hey, do you have your Liberty First gear? Go to chrisannhall.com, click on the shop. We have t-shirts, mugs, and I'm, uh, JC is going to be putting up a new t-shirt today, whether he knows it or not. So make sure you go to chrisannhall.com, click on the shop and see the Liberty First gear. Check out our brand new t-shirt that will be posted today because I'm really, really excited about it. It came from a, the idea came from a Liberty First uh, uh, follower. So I'm very excited about that. So here we have um, all of the the liberal pundits freaking out because Thomas questions precedent, right? And then they take Thomas's questioning of precedent, by the way, in which he actually upholds errant precedent, yeah. right? Why? Because you said it, because the Constitution is silent on the issue, right? And so they're like, oh, Thomas is setting up the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And they take this case re regarding double jeopardy and now apply it to Thomas overturning Roe v. Wade. I believe that Thomas's concurrence actually proves that Thomas will not overturn Roe v. Wade. Why? Because the Constitution is silent on this issue. Well, And he's going to say... Just like, well, the founders never really are, well, let me put it this way. If he is consistent with his logic in gamble, that's yeah. probably the better way to do it. Yeah. If he is consistent with his logic in gamble, he will have to say, since the founders did not have ultrasound, and since the founders could not have uh, incubators and test tube babies, then we must understand that they could not have anticipated this, right? And so that means that we have the ultimate authority. Okay, I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to give you an alternate explanation. Okay, because good, I good, don't, because based on Thomas's history, he doesn't rule consistently like that. Okay. Oh no, and, and, absolutely and, and, and not. No, and none of them, none of them, other than Gorsuch, seems rule consistently according to the law. Their reasoning, most of their reasonings are ideological and political. So therefore, you have to yeah. make that conclusion yeah. based on ideological and political viewpoints. Right. So therefore, the Supreme Court, as it consists now, will not overturn Roe v. Wade. And that's because of the makeup of the court, which right. includes Kavanaugh. Uh, Kavanaugh is not going to do it. OK. Right. Now, now here is the problem that I see that's happening because mm -hmm. the states and the states have stated this, the people that have passed the heartbeat laws and, and the outright, uh, you know, practical uh, abortion bans at the state level ha have said they realize this runs counter to what the court Supreme Court has said, therefore, their whole intention is to set up uh, an appeal process going forward, so that so they, they have to so, so they'll be able yeah. to reexamine, mm -hmm. and they believe that once that happens, then then it'll be overturned. Because here's the problem: they're conservatives, and conservatives think with a party process. Mm -hmm. So so the party right, right. party thought process leads them to this conclusion: Trump is a conservative. Trump appointed two justices, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh Gorsuch. being one of them. Therefore, we have a conservative court. Right. But that's not the case. Not the case. If they look at who they are and how they issue their opinions, they'll realize in the area of abortion, you don't have that kind of court. So the only way this that will be successful is and we know this stuff takes a long time to get mm -hmm. where it's going. So what they have to hope for is that 
the zo- the zombie formerly known as Ginsburg leaves the bench. People like the ghost of Ginsburg. The ghost of Ginsburg, ghost or some of Ginsburg. some That's other or some other person <laughs> leaves the bench. Some other justice leaves the bench, and Trump's Trump appoints another justice who who will actually uh, rule in that way. Will actually overturn hold rule, in that way. Hold in that way. Issue an opinion that way. Will overturn turn uh, their previous opinion. Uh, it it will not happen as the court stands today. Justice uh, uh, Thomas actually says in this Gamble opinion, he says, it's always tempting for judges to confuse our own preferences with the requirements of law. And I believe you're, I mean, I think that's actually what you're trying to say or what you've actually said very accurately. Justices don't don't actually issue their opinions anymore based on the Constitution. They ba- that's how story decisis has become so important. They craft their their they find these cases and they yeah. craft their opinions to to match their own personal ideologies. And then pile error upon error. Now, right, now right. I have to make this this clear for the I have to answer this okay. objection. You have to do it quickly. We're that, running out of time. Uh, well, Tom. Well, Kavanaugh is uh, pro-life because he's Catholic. That's correct. He is. But he won't. He won't issue his opinion that way. He will say this. He will say this is my private belief, but right. I have to follow precedent. I can't go against, you know, the precedent. Which is quite convenient. Since That's how he'll they, weasel out. Since of they it. overturn, you know, they don't follow that at any time. Anyway, uh, we're out of time, guys. God bless you. We'll see you next time.